All right, well, good morning again. I'm Jake Brooks. I'm the associate pastor here at Community Church, um, and we are, as Tim said, just so, so excited that you are here with us this morning. Um, kiddos, we had a great week with you guys. You guys were amazing, tremendous, so awesome. And now I'm going to ask the hardest thing of all of you. You're going to sit in here with us for the sermon. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And I want you guys to listen in. I want you guys to listen in because I, there's a message here for you guys this morning. There's a message here for every one of us. And I want to ask this question. What do you think you were made for? Have you ever heard an athlete say, I'm doing what I was made to do? You know, when they, after they win a championship in football or basketball or badminton. I'm doing what I was made to do. You're like, I mean, really? Like, you were made to do that? Like, that's, that's what you're here for? Is that what they were made for? And I mean, I love sports. The, kid, the kids know this because I was able, I had the tremendous privilege of leading the games this past week, right? And we had a great time. I love sports. But sports, they're ultimately a game, right? And for those kids who are just amazing at fishy, fishy, cross my ocean, <laughs> if after they won, if we were to go up and be like, wow, how did you get so good at fishy, fishy, cross my ocean? And they were to say, what I was made to do. (laughs) You'd be like, I don't know about that. I want everybody in the room to think for a second. What were you made for? What were you born to do? The question is like, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is my identity? What is my life for? And I think a lot of us, we, we can go through life preoccupied with survival, because that's, you know, pretty important. And we just go meal to meal, drink to drink, trying to fill those needs each day, whatever feels most urgent for our bodies. And maybe we feel like this need for purpose is something, ah, I'll get to that someday. That's kind of probably secondary to just survival, right? But what if I told you this morning that you were made for something? That you were made for a very specific purpose? Each one of you, little ones, older ones, you were made for a specific purpose. That you were made to be loved. That's what you were made for. And that that love would satisfy you more fully than the best meal you've ever had. It would satisfy you more fully than water after a long time without water. Would you believe me? There was this old, old guy from a long, long time ago. His name was Blaise Pascal. Blaise. That's a great name. I like that name. Blaise. Um, He said this. There is a God-shaped hole in the heart of every person. It can't be filled with anything on this earth, but
but only by God, our Creator, who is made known in Jesus Christ. Last week we started our summer preaching series and we're going through the Psalms. Celebrating in the Psalms. And celebrating is, is about a lot more than just finding momentary happiness. It's about a lot more than going to a party or putting on a happy face. It's about stopping together from our normal rhythms to acknowledge what is worthy of our celebration. What is worthy of our celebration. Stopping together and focusing on what is worthy in this life. Stopping together and focusing on Jesus. And we said last week that the first step to celebration is to no matter what, turn to Jesus. But you might rightly have been thinking, you skipped a step, Jake. You really did. And that first step is you got to stop from your normal rhythms in order to even do that. How do we stop from what we usually do to seek fulfillment or satisfaction in life? Or how do we stop? And that's what we're going to see this morning in our psalm. The book of Psalms, as you may know, is it's the love songs that God has given to his people to give back to him. It is his love songs that he's given to us, the very words to give back to him. And our psalm this morning reveals this key truth. This is the one thing I want you to take away this morning. When you feel empty or lost or broken, don't look anywhere else when Jesus' love is what you were made for. So our text this morning is Psalm 63. The whole psalm, it can be found um, in your Black Pew Bibles, but I'll also have it up here on the screen as well. The first person who finds it in the Pew Bibles, you can call out a number for the page and help me out. 463 in the Black Pew Bibles. Psalm 63. I apologize. The tech is a little off the screen this morning, but I think most everything is going to stay on there. 463, this is Psalm 63. Hear the word of the Lord. A psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. And on my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. And those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him while the mouths of liars will be silenced. This is the word of the Lord. Now let me tell you a story about Psalm 63. Did you catch the opening subtitle for the psalm? It's a psalm of David. Yes, that David, that David you might remember who was a shepherd boy, who killed Goliath. The David who was king of Israel. That David. And in order to understand the subtitle of the song, it says that when he was in the desert of Judah. 
There was only one time that he was in the desert of Judah when he was king. I'm going to tell you the story about what happened. It's kind of a tough, hard story. Because David had a number of children. But one of his sons' name was Absalom. And when Absalom became, when he grew up and he was older, he became very greedy for power. And he decided to lead an insurrection, a rebellion, to take over the kingdom from his father. Stuff of, of movies, right? And Absalom, he, he raised up an army and was outside the city of Jerusalem where David was. This is the capital. And David was in the city and he heard the news that his own very son was going to lead a rebellion against him. And what he did is, out of love for the people of the city, and out of trust in God, he took a very small group of loyal people with him, and he went out to the wilderness. He went out to the desert of Judah. Now imagine you are David. Your own son and the kingdom that you have faithfully led and loved is conspiring against you. They're trying to overthrow you. And you're out in the desert with very few soldiers, with very few supplies. And 2 Samuel said that he and all of his men were very hungry and thirsty. Very, very thirsty. And it's right here that David wrote these words. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst. For you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And the first thing we see in this psalm is that David could have turned to a number of other things, but he didn't. He could have turned and felt sorry for himself, right? He could have sought comfort from other things. Honestly, what a terrible situation. I feel really bad for him. His own son whom he loved. I mean, they had their issues. I'm not going to go into all the details. They had their issues. But his own son, whom he loved, not only sought to take his kingdom, but he wanted to kill David, his own dad. One kind of feels bad for David, right? And now he's out in the desert. He's thirsty and he's hungry. And he could have felt just so sorry for himself, right? And he could have just tried to feel better by, by seeking comfort in a warm bed. I've got to go to the closest you know, town and I'm the king here. Could have drowned himself in a sleeve of Oreos, right? Or David could have tried to fight back with all of his might. I mean, he could have barricaded himself in that city and said, if you're going to try to take me down, this whole city is going to have to go down before that. You have to take them with me. I mean, he was a renowned warrior in his own might, in, in, in his own day. He had, he was known for his bravado and his strength. But no, the first thing we see from David in the story behind this psalm and in the psalm itself is that David didn't look elsewhere. He did not look to other things when he felt really lost. He begins with this. You, God, are my God. Earnestly, fervently, with all of my might, I long for you in a dry and parched land. And that's both a metaphor and true. In a very thirsty place. But I'm not looking for water. I'm not looking anywhere else. I'm looking for God. 
That's the first thing we see. So let me ask, how about you? Where do you look when you feel lost? What do you turn to for comfort? What do we turn to to make us feel better about life? Do we look harder or trust in our own accomplishments and try to win a compliment from others? Do we turn to the sleeve of Oreos? Is it satisfying an addiction? Whether a a drink or a compulsive purchase. What do we turn to when we feel lost? And I find it amazing how we try to plug the holes of really, really deep, meaningful issues with things that just don't match it. Like a failed relationship with a carton of ice cream. Those two things are not shaped the same. It's not going to plug that hole. And that gets to the second thing we see in this text, in Psalm 63 from David. When David felt lost, he didn't fill the hole with superficial things. But he asked, what do I really need? What do I really need? Now, Leah and I, were expecting um, our third little baby girl come September. We're really excited about it. We're also extremely nervous about it. Um, It's a little nerve-wracking to go from the man-to-man defense to a zone defense now. We are firmly going to be outnumbered. And one of the, the problems is that our youngest, Amelia, She's still pretty little. She's still in what you know, I will call the process of elimination, uh, elimination phase. Now, parents in the room, you might know what I'm talking about. Okay, so, you know, Amelia is very young, um, and this is the phase where sh- we still, as parents, have to try to figure out how to calm her down sometimes. Um, Amelia will just yell, eh, like that's her, that's her, I'm pointing at something, I need something, eh, eh. And as a parent, we go through all the steps. Do you need water? No. She loves saying no, just like that, really quick. No. Do you need water? No. Do you need food? No. Do you need me to hold you? No. Do you need to play? No. What do you need? You know, it's like, this is the process of elimination phase as a parent. So it's a little unnerving to go from man-to-man defense to zone defense. And we still don't know what she needs sometimes. I mean, wouldn't it be really nice if we could just know what she needs? But then I think, how often do I really know what I need? Like that I've graduated beyond. (laughs) I think a lot of us still operate with the process of elimination phase. I'm hungry. Food. No, I'm thirsty. Drink. You know, we just... And we try to fill these giant holes. We try to be satisfied. If I just had that new toy, I would be happy. If I just had a pool, pool would be pretty cool, but would I be happy? If I was just married to the right person, if I had the right job, if I just got enough likes on Instagram, I think I'd be happy. And I want to ask, what if we just stopped and asked that really big question that... It's kind of scary to ask. Honestly, it is. It's a little bit scary to ask this question. What do I really need? And really the question is, what am I here for? Like this whole life thing. It's a question of purpose in life, identity. 
This is the real question. What were you made for? And when David was at a loss and he was hungry and thirsty in the desert, in the wilderness, he remembered what he was made for. He was made for a relationship with his Creator. That's why even though he truly was thirsty, he said, earnestly, God, I seek for you. I thirst for you. I long for you. And in Psalm 63, it says that God answered his prayer. You might have missed it. Because it says, I have seen you in the sanctuary. That's not like a past tense. Like a long time ago, I remember I saw you at one point, God. No, this is a, like this word right here means like a vision. Like I, I, I have a dream, a, a, a picture, a glimpse of you. I have seen you. And think of it like verse 1 is, is that, that first verse. And you know, sometimes in like a country song between verse 1 and verse 2, there's that long interlude. And now we've progressed 20 years later in the story. This is what's happened between verse 1 and verse 2. It's progressed, and God has answered the prayer, and he's given David a picture. And David says, I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory, because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. Verse 5, I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Did you hear it? God's love is better than any joy, any happiness, anything that we can find on this earth. And David found satisfaction in a dry and weary land, and he was more satisfied than he would be at the best feast ever possibly imagined. Because he found the answer to the biggest need underneath everything else, the purpose and identity that he was made for. And this is what it is. To be known and loved and in relationship with the one who made you. And what David knew in part, we get to know fully. Don't miss this. If you're trailing off little ones, do not miss this. The good news of what Jesus did was that when we were hopelessly wandering in the desert, in the wilderness, in fact, in rebellion against Him, the God of the universe came down in the person of Jesus Christ and He died on the cross and He rose again from the dead in order to offer you a bright, new hope and path, a way to be with God, a way to be with the Creator, the one that you were made by and for. And that constant sense of dissatisfaction that we might have at times or searching our meaning or trying to find purpose in shiny new things, the God-shaped hole would be filled fully and truly in Jesus. In Jesus' love, the love of our Creator. This week in VBS, we talked about encounters with Jesus. In Psalm 63, this was written 600, 800 years before Jesus. We see Him right here. We see that love that David says, this love is better than life itself. That's the type of love that Jesus offers you. So don't miss it. Don't look elsewhere when Jesus' love is what you are made for. So how do we respond this morning? I want to finish up quick. We got some food that's going to be cooking in the back in just a minute. It's going to start smelling delicious. So I want to ask you this morning, how do we respond to Jesus' love today? 
And I think first things first, I want to invite you, if you've never asked this question, what am I made for? What am I here for? If you don't even want to say the word made yet, like what am I here for? I want to invite you to ask that question right now. I want to invite you to do it in prayer. But you don't have to in prayer. You can also think about it after the service. Think about it later this week. But let that question linger. It's one that we avoid. What am I made for? And I urge you to consider David's words. His love is better than life. But for those in the the room that have seen the Lord in His sanctuary, that have known and tasted and seen that the love of Jesus is better than life, I think this morning I want to encourage you to think through our sermon series. We've been thinking about celebration of Him, and I want to challenge you to, to consider if we look elsewhere... I want want you to think, do we look elsewhere for satisfaction in this life? And we've redefined celebration to be this much larger, what it actually is, much larger than what culture reduces it to. It's so much more than throwing a party, much more than putting on a happy face. Celebration is about stopping together to acknowledge who is worthy of our attention. Stopping together from our normal rhythms to acknowledge the one who is worthy of our attention. And last week we said, no matter what, turn to Jesus. And this week, perhaps, it's stopping with that first part. Stopping together from our regular rhythms. And I want to ask you, are we so busy? Are we so occupied with the rat race of life, from the soccer practices, to the baseball practices, to the vacations, to the overtime hours, to buying that new toy that we just need? Those things aren't necessarily bad. But are we ever stopping to ask the most important questions in life? What are we made for? Those things are the regular rhythms. And we're inviting you to celebrate this summer. Celebrate something that is worthy of our attention, Jesus. So let me ask, are you looking elsewhere for satisfaction, truly and deeply, in your life, for purpose, when you don't need to? When you feel like you are in a dry and weary land, don't put your hope and trust in simply improving the quality of your life, but in Jesus himself. And we talked last week, I'm going to give you a specific example. We talked last week about living in the Psalms this summer. That is an example of stopping together. And a lot of you went back and you grabbed that summer Psalms reading plan. Like, that's not the actual thing. That's not what the, the issue is. But it's just an idea. Like, what's something I can commit to to saying, I want to stop from my regular rhythms. I want to commit to stopping from my regular rhythms and having my life, at least for 15 minutes every morning, being focused on what I'm here for. And so if you grabbed one last week, I encourage you, keep going. I hope you've been living in the Psalms. If you haven't yet, why not? I mean, maybe there's some really good reasons. Maybe you're like, I'm already blazing my way through the rest of the Bible. I'm living there. That's great. But if If not, why not? There's more blue sheets in the back today. I'd encourage you, stop this summer. Stop and celebrate the one who is worthy of our attention and our focus. Because His love is what you're made for. And what a celebration God can draw us into when we stop and think about His love. 
the kids, we can see the joy on their faces throughout this week, even thinking through them shouting, that's what you're made for every day. That's right. That's right. That is celebration. It's been a great week of VBS. We've encountered Jesus through His Word. We encountered Him again this morning in Psalm 63 as we're stopping together here in this sanctuary to celebrate God. And I pray that we would have hearts that are focused on Jesus and that God would give us the strength to not look elsewhere for satisfaction in this life, but remember who we're made for. We're made for the love of Jesus, the love of our Savior, the love of our Creator, and the love of our Lord. Will you pray with me? God, help us to ask this morning. Help us to actually inquire, to dig deep and think through our lives. And for some of us, that may cause us to rethink some things. But God, I also pray for the little ones. Lord, may they know that they are deeply made with purpose. That they are deeply and dearly loved. That they were made by one who loves them has created them and made to live into that love lifelong, eternally, that that's what they were made for. May that cause us to just well up with joy this morning. We think life is hard. It it is, but you have given us and offered us a path, a bright path, one of joy, and that should cause us to celebrate. And so God, I pray that you would stir in our hearts this morning. Meet with us, Lord Jesus. God, as we continue now in worship, may you be glorified. We want to celebrate you. We want to acknowledge and stop and remember how worthy you are to not turn our focus anywhere else but to you, Lord Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.